I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading two chapters in the Old Testament. We're reading 1 Kings chapter 7 and 2 Chronicles chapter 4. These chapters have to do with Solomon's building projects. First, we're going to look at the the house for Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. But Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house. He built also the house of the forest of Lebanon. The length thereof was an hundred cubits, and the breadth thereof fifty cubits, and the height thereof thirty cubits, upon four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams upon the pillars. And it was covered with cedar upon the beams that lay on forty-five pillars, fifteen in a row. And there were windows in three rows, and light was against light in three ranks. And all the doors and posts were square with the windows, and light was against light in three ranks. And he made a porch of pillars, the length thereof was fifty cubits, and the breadth thereof thirty cubits, and the porch was before them, and the other pillars and the thick beam were before them. Then he made a porch for the throne where he might judge, even the porch of judgment, and it was covered with cedar from one side of the floor to the other. And his house where he dwelt had another court within the porch, which was of like wood. Solomon made also a house of Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken to wife, like unto this porch. All these were of costly stones, according to the measures of huge stones, sawed with saws, within and without, even from the foundation unto the coping, and so on the outside toward the great court." And the foundation was of costly stones, even great stones, stones of ten cubits, and stones of eight cubits. And above were costly stones, after the measure of huge stones, and cedars. And the great court round about was with three rows of huge stones, and a row of cedar beams, both for the inner court of the house of the Lord, and for the porch of the house. In First Kings chapter 5 and 6, we see the work of the temple being done. Now here in these first 12 verses of chapter 7, we take a little intermission from the building of the temple to get an overview of the building of Solomon's palace. Now that's a big house, and a special house for his Egyptian wife, the daughter of Pharaoh. While the wording here seems to indicate that her house was on the same complex, it appears that Solomon also built her a house in Gezer, which was 20 miles from Jerusalem. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 10 through 28, and 2 Chronicles chapter 8, verses 1 through 18. Now, it appears in verses 2 through 8 here that five separate buildings are described. Verse 2 talks about the house of the forest of Lebanon. This uh, is apparently the palace itself. Then in verse 6, we have the porch, which is a hall or vestibule of pillars. Perhaps that was a gathering place for the people. Then in verse 7, we have a porch or a hall or a vestibule for the throne. That's where Solomon's throne was located, and that's where judgments were passed. And then in verse 8, we have his house where he dwelt, which would be Solomon's own living quarters. And then in verse 8 also, we have a house for Pharaoh's daughter, 
and these are living quarters for Solomon's Egyptian wife, which are separate still. The palace portion of the structure itself is listed at approximately 180 feet by 90 feet and was approximately five stories high. That by itself is over 16,000 square feet. Add to the palace the porch of pillars of approximately 5,000 square feet, and you got a large building there in Jerusalem. On the same complex was the porch or hall where Solomon's throne was located, his living quarters and the living quarters of his Egyptian wife. The palace itself was about four times larger than the house he built for God. Now, we have lots of gold and brass in, this, uh, in these houses. And let's look at 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 13 to 51, and 2 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 13. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning to work all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. For he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high apiece, and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about. And he made two chapters of molten brass to set upon the tops of the pillars. The height of the one chapter was five cubits, and the height of the other chapter was five cubits. And the nets of checkerwood and wreaths of chain work for the chapters which were upon the top of pillars, seven for the one chapter and seven for the other chapter. And he made the pillars in two rows round about upon the one network to cover the chapters that were upon the top with pomegranates, and so did he for the other chapter. And the chapters that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch, four cubits. And the chapters upon the two pillars had pomegranates also above, over against the belly which was by the network. And the pomegranates were two hundred in rows round about upon the other chapter. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar, and called the name thereof Jachin. And he set up the left pillar, and called the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. And he made a molten sea, ten cubits from the one brim to the other. It was round all about, and his height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. And under the brim of it round about, there were knops compassing it, ten in a cubit, compassing the sea round about. The knops were cast in two rows when it was cast. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, and three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. And the sea was set above upon them, and all their hinder parts were inward. And it was in handbreadth thick, and the brim thereof was wrought like the brim of a cup, with flowers of lilies. It contained two thousand baths. And he made ten bases of brass, four cubits was the length of one base, and four cubits the breadth thereof, and three cubits the height of it. And the work of the bases was on this manner. They had borders, and the borders were between the ledges. And on the borders that were between the ledges were lions, oxen, and cherubims, and upon the ledges... There was a base above, and beneath the lions and oxen were certain additions made of thin work. And every base had four brazen wheels and plates of brass, and the four corners thereof had undersetters. Under the laver were undersetters molten at the right side of every addition. 
and the mouth of it within the chapter and above was a cubit, but the mouth thereof was round about after the work of the base, a cubit and a half, and also upon the mouth of it were gravings with their borders, four square, not round. And under the borders were four wheels, and the axle trees of the wheels were joined to the base, and the height of a wheel was a cubit and a half cubit. And the work of the wheels was like the work of a chariot wheel, and their axle trees and their naves and their fellows and their spokes were all molten. And there were four undersetters to the four corners of one base, and the undersetters were of the very base itself. And in the top of the base was there a round compass of half a cubit high, and on the top of the base the ledges thereof and the borders thereof were of the same. For on the plates of the ledges thereof and on the borders thereof he graved cherubims, lions, and palm trees, according to the proportion of every one, and additions round about. After this manner he made the ten bases. All of them had one casting, one measure, and one size. Then made he ten lavers of brass. One laver contained forty baths, and every laver was four cubits, and upon every one of the ten bases one laver. And he put five bases on the right side of the house, and five on the left side of the house. And he set the sea on the right side of the house eastward, and over against the south. And Hiram made the lavers and the shovels and the basins, so Hiram made an end of doing all the work that he made King Solomon for the house of the Lord. The two pillars and the two bowls of the chapters that were on top of the two pillars, and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the chapters which were upon the top of the pillars, and four hundred pomegranates for the two networks, even two rows of pomegranates for one network, to cover the two bowls of the chapters that were upon the pillars. And the ten bases and ten lavers on the bases, and one sea, and twelve oxen under the sea, and the pots and the shovels and the basins, and all these vessels which Hiram made to King Solomon for the house of the Lord were of bright brass. In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them, and the clay ground between Succoth and Zarthon. And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed, because they were exceeding many. Neither was the weight of the brass found out. And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord, the altar of gold and the table of gold, whereupon the showbread was. And the candlesticks of pure gold, five on the right side and five on the left, before the oracle with the flowers, and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold and the hinges of gold, both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house to wit of the temple." So was in it all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated, even the silver and the gold and the vessels that he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. All right, we have those 51 verses. Now let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And we only have 22 verses in this parallel account. Verse 1. Moreover, he made an altar of brass, twenty cubits the length thereof, and twenty cubits the breadth thereof, and ten cubits the height thereof. And he made a molten sea of ten cubits from brim to brim, round in compass, and five cubits the height thereof, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. And under it was the similitude of oxen, which did compass it round about, ten in a cubit compassing the sea round about. Two rows of oxen were cast when it was cast. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. 
And the sea was set above upon them, and all their hinder parts were inward. And the thickness of it was an handbreadth, and the brim of it like the work of the brim of a cup, with flowers of lilies, and it received and held three thousand baths. He made also ten labors, and put five on the right hand and five on the left to wash in them, such things as they offered for the burnt offering they washed in them, but the sea was for the priests to wash in. And he made ten candlesticks of gold according to their form, and set them in the temple, five on the right hand and five on the left. He made also ten tables, and placed them in the temple, five on the right side and five on the left. And he made an hundred basins of gold. Furthermore, he made the court of the priest, and the great court, and doors for the court, and overlaid the doors of them with brass. And he set the sea on the right side of the east end over against the south, and Hiram made the pots and the shovels and the basins, and Hiram finished the work that he was to make for King Solomon for the house of God. To wit, the two pillars and the pommels and the chapters which were on the top of the two pillars, and the two wreaths to cover the two pommels of the chapters which were on the top of the pillars, and four hundred pomegranates on the two wreaths, two rows of pomegranates on each wreath to cover the two pommels of the chapters which were upon the pillars. He made also basins, and lavers made he upon the bases, one sea and twelve oxen under it. The pots also, and the shovels, and the flesh hooks, and all their instruments did Hiram his father make to King Solomon for the house of the Lord of bright brass. In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them, and the clay ground between Succoth and Zeradatha. Thus Solomon made all these vessels in great abundance, for the weight of the brass could not be found out. Then Solomon made all the vessels that were for the house of God, the golden altar also, and the tables whereon the showbread was set, moreover the candlesticks with their lamps, that they should burn after the manner before the oracle of pure gold. And the flowers and the lamps and the tongs made he of gold, and that perfect gold. And the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold, and the entry of the house, the inner doors thereof for the most holy place, and the doors of the house of the temple were of gold." Well, here we have a continuation of the discussion regarding the building of the temple. We took a brief intermission from this discussion in the first 12 verses of 1 Kings chapter 7 to get an overview of Solomon's palace, but now we're back to the temple. The writer of 1 Chronicles doesn't deviate from the discussion of the temple to describe Solomon's house. Just the passage in 1 Kings is all we have on that. These two passages describe the special work done by a man named Hiram. He's called Hiram in Second Chronicles passage. Regarding the pillars he made, since they were not included in the description of the structure in 1 Kings chapter 6, we assume that they were freestanding and not supportive of the temple structure itself. How would you like to go into a building and virtually everything visible was made of brass, gold, or silver? Well, that was the sight you faced in Solomon's temple. And what about those brass shovels? What were they used for? Well, those were the shovels used to remove the ashes. Before he was finished, Hiram had crafted hundreds of items used inside and outside the temple. He even had time to install two networks. What's a temple without connectivity to the internet? Nah, that's not what we're talking about. Actually, these were ornamental lattice works. All the structural measurements given here are done in cubits. 
The following definition of a cubit is worth noting. This is taken from Easton's Bible Dictionary. A cubit, the Hebrew amah, means the mother of the arm or the forearm. It's a word derived from the Latin cubitus, the lower arm. It's difficult to determine the exact length of this measure from the uncertainty whether it included the entire length from the elbow to the tip of the longest finger or only from the elbow to the root of the hand at the wrist. The probability is that the longer was the original cubit. The common computation as to the length of the cubit makes it 20.24 inches for the ordinary cubit and 21.888 inches for the sacred cubit. This is the same as the Egyptian measurements. That's the end of the quote. One liberally-minded commentator wrote that the giant pool close to the giant altar couldn't possibly hold as much water as was stated in this passage. Well, that's true if a cubit here is 18 inches, as is generally estimated. However, at 21.888 inches, this molten sea holds exactly the volume of water stated. The priests were washed in it before their sacred duties. I mean, let's face it, with that big pool there, recreational swimming would have been very, very tempting. Now, for some reason, that wicked king Ahaz later removed the brass oxen that formed the base and replaced them with a stone base. He did that over in 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 17. Presumably, he needed the brass oxen for his pagan altar that he commissioned the priest to build for him. Another interesting aspect of this large basin of water is the fact that it was elevated about eight feet above ground level. Why? Well, we assume this was for the purpose of providing running water under pressure to make it easier for the washing rituals. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.